Mike Slater. America WK with your host, Andrew WK. Explore those parts of ourselves that never occurred to us that we even could investigate. There is so much to lead us, so many places that we can go, so many roads to follow. And most of them, and the most valuable ones, are inside of ourselves. America WK, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater Crusaders, America's the greatest country in the world. Thank you for being here. We're going to try something here. This is uh, a um, a longer speech. You know, it's not good to, to read on radio, sort of Radio 101, but uh, I think it's really good. And I, I would do a disservice to it to, to paraphrase. So I'll read it if you think that's okay. Uh, and for the, for the love of Pete, uh, Glenn Beck the other day did his uh, Edgar Allan Poe reading. So I can do a little reading here too. Robert Heinlein, probably one of the greatest science fiction writers ever. Behind, of course, L. Ron Hubbard. Just joking. I said that because I watched a little bit of the 2020 thing about Scientology the other day. Robert the Heinlein, much better. He graduated from Annapolis in 1929, and he came back to the Academy in 1973 to give a speech on patriotism. And I I think it's perfect. Um, Now, I can't read the whole thing, but I want to read uh, some major parts here. This is what he says. He says, today, and again, this is 1973, but could be today. Today... In the United States, it is popular among self-styled intellectuals to sneer at patriotism. They seem to think that it is axiomatic that any civilized man is a pacifist. And they treat the military profession with contempt, warmongers, imperialists, hired killers in uniform. You've heard all such sneers and you'll hear them again. One of their favorite quotations is, patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel. I disagree. Patriotism is the most practical of all human characteristics. But in the present decadent atmosphere, patriots are often too shy to talk about it as if it were something shameful or an irrational weakness. But patriotism is not sentimental nonsense. Nor is it something dreamed of by demagogues. Patriotism is as necessary. This is the key line. Patriotism is as necessary a part of man's evolutionary equipment, as are his eyes. As useful to the race as eyes are to the individual. A man who is not patriotic is an evolutionary dead end. This is not sentiment, but the hardest of logic. I want to take a quick time out and just reiterate his his opening argument. Certainly in college. And we're seeing more and more in uh, high schools where they're like, you can't wear anything USA on it. No red, white, or blue. Patriotism is seen as inappropriate. Multiculturalism is now the highest virtue. I've told this story many times that when I uh, first got on college campus, uh, the fashionable thing to do was to hang the American flag upside down out of your dorm room window. So all over campus, upside down American flags. And on college campus, if you chanted USA in any circumstance, and you're nothing but a jingoistic pig. 
And that's why I start off every hour saying America's the greatest country in the world. I started doing that on my college radio show because that's something you were not supposed to say in college. That is, a, like, that is racist hate speech if you say America's the greatest country in the world. I think in college I used to say, I think I used to say America's the greatest country in the world. You know it, I know it, let's not be afraid to say it. I think, I think that's how I started off. But I've shortened it to America's the greatest country in the world. Because we need to be reminded of it because you're not supposed to, to think it, let alone say it. I mean, even today, I mean, you, people can love our country, but you don't want to be that flag-waving caricature of a patriot, right? Because we're, we're more civilized than that. And my argument, and Heinlein's argument, is no, 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 patriotism is nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, it's something to aspire to. But we have to find out what the right definition of patriotism is. So Heinlein spells out four levels of moral behavior. And we'll go from uh, lowest to the highest. Four levels of moral behavior. Now, I'll be clear. These are all moral. So when I say lowest, highest, the lowest is not immoral. These are all moral, but just lowest on that scale to the highest, the most moral. So the lowest is fighting for your own survival. The lowest form of moral behavior. Still moral, but lowest form. It's good, right? I mean, if you are so poor in spirit that you won't even fight for your own survival, I mean, that's 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 not good. So the lowest level of, of moral hierarchy is is fighting for your own survival. The next higher level is to work, fight, and and maybe even die for someone in your own immediate family. This is this is good. Like that this and you see it a lot. Um this is why a six pound mother cat is so fierce when she drives off a police dog, right? <laughs> right. Um this is when a dad takes on a moonlighting job to keep his kid in college. This is when a mother dives into a flood to save her drowning child. This is to work, fight, even die for someone in your own immediate family. The next highest moral level is to work, fight, and and maybe even die for a group larger than your immediate family. So you you can see the progression here, right? Yourself, immediate family, someone larger than your immediate family, or more extended than your immediate family. Um, I'll give you an example of this. In nature, the baboon. If you drive through East Africa, you will come across herds of baboons grazing on the countryside. And when you come across this, no one, um, no one looks up because there's so many baboons and there's so much to look at. You just keep looking at them. But if you do look up, you'll see that in a nearby tree. There is one adult male baboon just sitting up in the tree. Why? He's keeping watch for leopards. With no warning, uh, a leopard will come and a baboon has no chance. But with a good warning, uh, the baboons can run into the trees. So this baboon is serving his fellow baboons in his own herd. Not just the immediate family we heard. Now, of course, baboons don't make moral decisions. They don't have any concept of morality or duty or loyalty or anything like that. But they're still exhibiting the trait of this uh, moral behavior. Makes sense, right? So this baboon is looking out for the, the tribe. People beyond its immediate, or baboons beyond its immediate family. So you have levels of hierarchy of moral behavior. Uh, fighting for yourself. Fighting for immediate family, fighting for extended family or or tribe or herd. But here's the 
highest level of moral behavior. I'm going to go back to Robert Heinlein here. He says the highest level is uh, that in which duty and loyalty are shown toward a group of your kind too large for an individual to know all of them. We have a name for that. It's called patriotism. Duty and loyalty shown to a group too large for an individual to know all of them. It means that you place the welfare of your nation ahead of even your own, even if it costs you your life. Men who go down in the sea in ships have long had another way of expressing this concept. Patriotism reads women and children first. And we talked about this in the last hour, but I'll repeat myself. Um, He said that is the moral result of realizing a self-evident biological fact. Men are expendable. Women and children are not. A tribe or a nation can lose a high percentage of its men and still pick up the pieces and go on as long as the women and children are saved. During the break here, I'll look up. Um, I forget, but it's, it's outrageous. Like the, the percentage of men who were killed in different countries after or during World War II. Remarkable. Like, I don't even want to ballpark it because I'm off. But like a lot, like, like, especially in the Soviet Union. Like, like I want to say it's not like, like 50% of the men were killed or something. But as long as the women and children are saved, then uh, you can go on. He says, if you fail to save women and children, you've had it, you're done, you're through. He says, possibly extinction is the way we are headed. Great nations have died in the past. It can happen to us. But I'm not certain how good our chances are. To me, it seems self-evident that any nation that loses its patriotic fervor is on the skids Without that indispensable survival factor, the end is only a matter of time. I don't know how deeply the rot has penetrated. But it seems to me that there has been a change for the worse in the last 50 years. Now, perhaps I'm misled by the offensive behavior of a noisy but unimportant minority. But it does seem to me that patriotism has lost its grip on a large percentage of our people. I hope I'm wrong. Because if my fears are well-grounded, I would not bet two cents on this nation's chance of lasting even to the end of the century. And here's the thing. There's no way to force patriotism on anyone. Passing a law does not create it. Nor can we buy it with billions of dollars. But fellow cadets, what you have here is a tradition of service. Your most important classroom is Memorial Hall. Your most important lesson is the way you feel inside when you walk up those steps and see that shot-torn flag framed in the arch of the door. Don't give up the ship. If you feel nothing, you don't belong here. But if it gives you goose flesh just to see that old battle flag, then you're going to find that feeling increasing every time you return here over the years until it reaches a crescendo, the day you return and read the list of your own honored dead classmates, shipmates, friends. Read them with grief and pride while you try and keep your tears silent. He ends with this. He says, I said that patriotism is a way of saying women and children first. And that no one can force a man to feel this way. Instead, he must embrace it freely. Now, 
while no man can force a man to feel patriotic, you can create a culture where you're not supposed to feel it. I want to take a break here. I'll share one final story from his speech. Um, and this, the next, so that, that first part of the speech was for the cadets, really, uh, for people in uniform. And I share it here for people in uniform. So you get it. I don't want you to ever feel discouraged uh, or like you shouldn't uh, be patriotic. Or you're not supposed to. That's all that, that, that was meant to be. Uh, but coming up next, I also want to share it to, to everyone who's never worn a uniform and say, uh, you still have opportunities to exhibit the highest level of moral behavior. You still have opportunities to serve others in profound ways. You still have opportunities to not only be patriotic or to feel patriotic, but to be patriotic in every sense of the word. We can't be ashamed of it. Not only, again, not only is it something that we, uh, that's, that's, um, we shouldn't be ashamed of. It's something we should aspire to. It doesn't mean you're a jingoistic pig. It doesn't mean you want to go rule the world to be patriotic. It's something so much more than that. Don't let anyone else redefine it. one 888 I'll wrap it up next. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment. On the Blaze Radio Network.